On this frosty morning from Michigan, I want to welcome you to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlach, and welcome to um, episode 24, where we're going to focus on a time for giving thanks. I want to extend a happy Thanksgiving to you and your family and close friends or people that feel like family. For many Canadians and Americans around the world, today is a special day we celebrate to honor our past and to reflect on our many blessings. Canadians um, celebrate their holiday on the second Monday in October and Americans on the last Thursday in November. I would be remiss on this particular Thanksgiving to take a moment to share my gratitude for my bountiful relationships, my health, my steady employment, and the plentiful opportunities to grow that are currently in my life. With this in mind, I'd like to extend my gratitude towards you. Thank you to all the educators around the world who work tirelessly to provide the best education possible for your students, regardless of the setting. Right now, it's not easy, but you are still bringing value to your your learners in the classroom. And more than ever, you know, we're not appreciated at these times. But just remember, your students appreciate you. They know it's not easy because they're having to navigate a virtual, possibly a hybrid where you have some kids face-to-face, some kids virtually trying to navigate the learning situation or a complete face-to-face situation. With masks and physical distancing, it's not easy. This is not what we're used to, but you're doing it. And You will be remembered along with the first responders for making a difference in 2020 and beyond. And I want you to keep that in mind as you face difficulties and obstacles coming up or have had some experiences in the past. Also, I want to thank you for challenging yourselves to learn more during this pandemic. It's not been easy. You've learned in a minimal period of time, how to pivot completely from a face-to-face to a virtual learning environment. That's huge, especially for many of us who are not technologically savvy. We might know programs, but to set up a whole Bitmoji page or set up so many programs that are completely virtual. A lot of us, that's not native to our way of thinking. And so Thank you so much for doing that. You handled all of these challenges with such grace, didn't complain, didn't blame anyone. You just buckled up and did it. So thank you so much. And I also want to thank educators all around the world who are supporting each other more than ever to grow. I've seen more teacher networks come out of this pandemic with the sole mission of helping each other to get through it and to get to the other side. That makes my heart full to think that so many people are helping each other. That's why I started this podcast, is just to help each other. And this is what it, to me, means to be a network of educators, helping each other to do what's right for our students, for each other. And at this time... I would like to extend my gratitude to the 
International Baccalaureate Program, the IB. They've created some amazing programs through the years. And I don't, you know, it's those little things that make us pause. The fact that they created a primary years program, an elementary program, to help guide young learners towards, you know, crafting inquiry and conceptual-based learning practices, building skills that are going to be necessary for the next stage, which is the middle years program, where they're still collaborating, but they're now learning through various subjects, and they're also learning how to become more independent young people. And, you know, they're traveling through this journey through year 10, and then you have two options, which you still only be one. And I love the fact that the IB recognized that all learners are not the same, that once you come to 11th grade, you either have the diploma track or you have the career-related program. Because not all children are the same, but they all deserve the recognition for the hard work of going through the IB programming. And I just love that, you know, because that right there is forward thinking. And these, all of these programs stretch our learners in ways they wouldn't find in a traditional learning model. And I'm so proud to be a part of it. You know, I've been asked many times by coworkers, by um, people who attend my workshops, why do you love the PYP so much? You practically live and breathe it. And I think it's just very simple. It's a program that looks at all children with the endless potential to create meaning from their learning and make connections to the outside world. And who doesn't want to be part of that? Think about that. And, you're, and for many of you who are part of the PYP, you are part of that. You're part of that legacy. And how fantastic does that feel? And I'm grateful that my PYP journey has not been easy. I went through a huge learning curve. There were so many colleagues talking about inquiry and conceptual-based learning. And I was like, what the heck are you talking about? So many years, ideas just went over my head but I just chipped away at it. I tried new strategies. As people taught me new things, I practiced them with my students. I'd openly say, I don't know how to do this, but let's try to find the way together. I didn't realize it, but I was allowing for student agency all along the journey because I myself recognized I couldn't do this alone. I needed my students to be partners with me. You know, and then I went through this fabulous journey of how to teach and learn. And then I had to um, read. I had to read a lot, read about what the experts were saying. There were times that courses were put onto my schedule that I had never even heard about, like literature circles. Well, I had to then read um, about... Um, what are literature circles and how do we make them more dynamic and more inquiry-based? I had to research. I had to research like, okay, what are the best methods here for doing certain things? Then I had to test them out into my classroom. I had to work with kids and say, hey, let's find our own way of how this is going to work. Here's the prescribed, but what's going to work for us? And then we, I had to reflect a lot reflect on, okay, 
what worked, what didn't work, what would I suggest for next time, but also looking at the needs of learners. I also had to reflect on um, team dynamics, like what a part of our team did not work that made this engagement not work. I had to then modify, you know, all while dealing with walking in the dark, because your coordinator can only provide you so much direction. Um, you're on the front lines of this all. And so you're the one who's testing and doing. And, you know, there were many times I would, I remember crying at a training five years in saying, does it ever get easier? And I remember a teacher at a training who had nine years of experience. She said, I'm still walking in the dark. And that did not help me. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. But it But what I love about that is that means that we're constantly evolving as educators and not being stuck and not be set in our ways because students are constantly evolving. This process helped me to develop a resilience to major obstacles that have come my way and that actually I embrace change rather than run from it. And I won't lie, at times my over-exuberance, I'm kind of like a puppy with its head out the window, has not been well received by my teammates. Ooh, I've had some teammates who have downright bullied me because of my exuberance for the PYP and they didn't want to take it on. They were either threatened or fearful. I've also had school leadership who were the same, who wanted me to teach a certain scripted way that was not in alignment with the IB. I've had parents who were up in arms about the exhibition, and I've had to help them to understand what the exhibition's all about. So many challenges, but guess what? It's those challenges that that help me to define where I am right now as a PYP educator. And the thing that I focused on the most The thing that kept me going forward was the smiling faces of my students every day that I closed the door and did my magic. And sometimes that's what was my saving grace. It's because, you know, it's what kept me from drowning in the system. But also another saving grace was that I recognized that I needed to find different ways to share my passion with the world. And when I mean the world, I I don't mean the whole world. I just mean outside my classroom walls. You know, that I needed to express it. And so one way that I found that initially, and this might be a path you might want to take, is that I became an IB educator. What does that mean? I thought we're all IB educators. So there's an IB educator network. And I began in 2014 um, leading face-to-face workshops in um, Dubai. I was in the um, Africa, Europe, Middle East region. And then I transitioned over to the Americas, back to America. And what was real interesting is I had to wait some time, but then I became what's called a site team member. And these are the visitors that come when you have, when you're trying to get authorization and evaluation. Amazing experience. And then over time, I took on the role of becoming what's called an online facilitator. So now I lead um, 
uh, PYP online workshops, which is fascinating to me. And it's been such a growing experience taking and modifying, um, especially with this virtual setting piece. How do we still make it engaging where it's not just reading, 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 right? And all throughout this time, you know, I just crave the opportunity to grow. And in the midst of all this, I became a PYP coordinator in a school with a subculture that is not my own. So predominantly black American in a very, and Hispanic in one of the most impoverished areas of the city um, in such a large urban school district. And I'm going to tell you, I had to start looking at the PYP differently. How was I going to modify it to meet the needs of my setting? Because the program had to be modified in order to get access, the teachers to get access. I had to think differently. I had to think like them and to think of their needs and to think of their fears of being taken over by the state. And all of these things that you hear about, the school had gone through that journey and come the other side. And now they were taking on the PYP. And many were fearful. So I had to augment it to meet their needs. And I think I became a better PYP educator because of it. Actually, I don't think I know. And now, during the pandemic, like I've previously shared, is that I now found a voice that goes beyond my city walls, my school walls, which is this podcast. But I also created a website. Never knew how to do any of this stuff. I am telling you, as of when I started this podcast in May, I had, I believe, dabbled with setting up a website in April. That's not very long ago. That's six months ago. All of a sudden, I'm launching a podcast and I don't even know what I'm doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. Then I decided, hey, let me make an inquiry challenge. So I started making videos of myself. I bought some equipment off of Amazon, and there you be. Next thing you know, I'm like getting onto Canva, which is a fabulous tool free to educators. Um, I have more the elevated version, but I started creating content guides to help teachers with practical hand, you know, printable strategy guides that you can download free off my website right now. Um, so many things that I pivoted, right? I started having conversations, being part of, um, web conferences. I'm like, what's going on here? But that has fed my soul. Now I'm kind of at, almost like not at rest, but uh, my soul feels like it's been nourished. And I'm grateful that we are beings that can create and connect and share with each other. You know, and if you're like me, you need to find what you're most passionate about and share your voice. We need you. We need your unique ideas, your voice about the PYP. And if you're not a PYP practitioner, inquiry-based or conceptual-based learning, we need that because we need more voices out there to share their experiences of how they've tweaked and modified So find that within yourself. We all have it. You know, this podcast has helped me to dig deep and make connections about ideas I never made connections before. Three quarters of what I've talked about 
I learned about as I was crafting the podcast script. And I was like, holy cow, cow, why have I not thought of doing this before? But I gave my time, myself that time and the peace, quiet to just innovate. And that's what I think we don't do enough of. Um, and I'm so grateful for this process for myself because it's helped me to become a better educator. Educator, I can't speak right now. Better educator, and I hope it's helped you as well. So I really appreciate you, and thank you for listening to my babblings. Um, I know that your time is coming. And I'm so grateful for this program that has united us as a a worldwide community of educators that are coming together, sharing best practice for our kids, our beautiful children who want to make a difference in this world. And just think as you gain more voice and as you've gained more security and feel like you have more voice in the ideas that you're expressing than your students will as well. So I hope that you enjoy this beautiful day and that it's a blessed one. I feel very blessed at this time. And um, I just can't wait to see you again in our next episode.